Conspiracy Corner. Government lied to us. Government cover-up. They were wearing black suits, black trench coats. They had no eyebrows. Figures on this craft in shiny uniforms. This thing was ten foot tall. Hey, yeah, beautiful hair. You don't lock anything up unless you're hiding something. Because they are evil, they are signs of Satanism. Many of them are phallic symbols. Who else in the love crowd say yeah? yeah! Okay, well, guess what? I did a lot of research today, and my brain hurts. And I went down a lot <laughs> of weird YouTube holes and a lot of weird Reddit holes. Yeah. Okay? So nobody can fuck, nobody fucking come at me, Okay. <laughs> Because I did my, I did it. I did one day of research. <laughs> I did it. I did it. I did it. One day of research, and I'm a simple carpenter. I'm not. <laughs> okay. Do you know who it's else was a simple time. carpenter? Jesus Christ. Jesus. Of Nazareth. That's why I became a carpenter. Caitlin the Nazarene. That's right. Oh, <laughs> INRS. What? Nris. What is that? Those you are know. the letters on the crucifix. It was this guy like playing a joke on Jesus, and he put a sign on his cross, and it playing said, a joke, Colin. IRS, and he was saying like, "I need rectal surgery." <laughs> oh, that's what he was saying. Got it. It's a little just to lighten it up a bit because it can get a little heavy there at the end. Especially when oh, they stabbed yeah. him in the lung and stuff. Yeah. Did they do that? Where'd Mark go? Uh, <laughs> you know. We should probably just expect that to be happening. Yeah, he'll fl- randomly flip back and forth between this and Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> Tinder, yeah. I'm going to swipe while Caitlin talks. <laughs> Welcome to Caitlin's Conspiracy Corner, folks. Today, you probably guessed it. You've been wanting this one for a long time. <laughs> I want to take my headphones off and just fucking keep going. And you guys are just going to have to deal with it. Today we're doing a heavily requested episode. We're talking about the feral human cannibals in our beautiful national parks and forests and mountains. According to National Missing and Unidentified Person System. (laughs) That's a real thing, okay? So fuck off. More than 600,000 people go missing each year. 89 to 92% are recovered, either alive or deceased. How many of those disappear in the wild is unclear. (laughs) Caitlin, did you read the book? <laughs> Why is everyone being so mean? I'm confused. So, or it's I just because you're laughing over. at Mark's face that he made when you said a statistic. He, he made a weird face. I Teacher mean, was Mark. Mark did it. I'm sorry. I don't want to do this. Mark, turn your camera off because I don't want to see your weird faces and your judgy face. <laughs> I have a story to tell. Okay, so how many of those disappear in the wild is unclear. Neither the Department of Interior or the Department of Agriculture's U.S. Forest Service keep track. They don't keep track of how many people go missing in the fucking forest. What? Why the fuck not? Okay, well, I'm about to tell you. Thank you so much for asking. David Paladis, you probably know who he is, Zach, because he's a fucking Bigfoot person. Oh, He's a he's a Bigfoot person. He's on the fetish boards a lot. He's <laughs> he's huge into feet. He's a Bigfoot yeah, person. Oh, oh, see, I thought you meant the cryptid. No, no, no. Now no. I know. Yeah, who you're yeah. yeah. The, you probably yeah, like you've probably seen him on Wiki Feet. 
And so David Palladise, I know I'm fucking saying that wrong. If anyone's listening and is like a huge fan, well, I don't know what to tell you, okay? I said his name wrong. He launched a database of wildland disappearances that occurred under missing circumstances. Okay, so he found that roughly 1,600 people are currently missing in the wild in the U.S. The biggest obstacle on gathering the data is the National Park Service red tape. They make it really difficult for you to like find out who's missing or, or like the numbers of who's missing or any details because national parks operate like a sovereign state. When someone goes missing, like the national parks usually don't want help from government agencies. And there are a lot of reasons, but one is like the budget, but a huge part of it is like the ego. Like they don't want government help. June 14th, 1969. Dennis Martin. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Dennis Martin was a seven year old boy. And he was camping in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park uh, with his family. And let's see. My note-taking wasn't too good, so I'm going to have to do this one from memory. I know I know a little bit what about story, the baby? people missing in parks and, yes, and things like that. So, so yeah, this is, this is like kind of what started everything we're going to talk about today. This is like the most popular one that gets brought up whenever we're talking about feral people there was adults there they were doing something and then all the kids there were like gonna surprise the adults like uh go hide and then jump out and scare them so the adults saw that the kids were planning this they knew it was gonna happen and they were just like that's cute and so whenever they went over to the area that the kids were going to surprise them at two kids jumped out and then dennis didn't jump out so they thought maybe like he was just late to the game or like didn't know what was going on but after like five minutes they started panicking because they couldn't find him. He's such a menace. You're supposed to jump out when we say three. Dennis! You God fucking damn it, Dennis! Meet you! Hey! Who the fuck are you? This is what happens when you, when you do research. Just run away or something. <laughs> this is what well, happens when you do research is people start making jokes right before you reveal that there's a dead kid. <laughs> And you don't yeah. know what to do. Yeah. Oh, I knew it was coming, and I had to do it before before the shoe dropped. To be fair, they don't know, they don't know he's dead. You know, he could have been abducted by oh, there you the, go. Right, right. the feral people and be living with them. Who knows? But um, so, yeah, he is, spoiler alert, he never showed up. Uh, oh, man. I don't know if anyone gathered that from what I was talking about. But it was a huge search. They logged 13,420 hours in the woods, like on foot by September. He went, he went missing in June and there were 200 hours in the air. So they were really searching for him. I think I read it cost like $65,000 back in the 60s. So yeah. Dwight McCarter was the park service ranger that was like looking into this case. He was super young at the time. He was like 24 and he was helping on the case. So with that many people searching, it actually turned out to be a bad thing because they couldn't, there were so many footprints, but also there was a bunch of storms the following days and like it caused floods. And so there was like no way to find evidence. Like it was just really shitty circumstances. So there's a couple of theories that have been going around. One, so bears usually don't go after people, but there are instances of them being like super hungry and going after people. It's really unusual though. But at that time, there was, like, right around the time that, that Dennis went missing, there was a, like, super scrawny bear that went into a bear trap after some corn, which is really unusual for, for bears to want corn. And so, but he was starving, so they released him back out around the time that Dennis went missing. So that's one of the theories, is that, like, a, a bear kind of animal caught him. 
another theory is he just wandered off. Uh, there, there was evidence of like one footprint of like a child's shoe. But again, there were so many people out there looking that they can't even really like consider that evidence. Where the whole feral person thing came from is that the day that Dennis went missing, right around the same time he went missing, there was a guy out hiking. I think he was hiking with his family, but his name was Harold Key. He was hiking and he heard, quote, an enormous sickening scream. Uh, like a little while later, he noticed a man moving through the woods, like aggressively moving through the woods. And the man was covered in hair. He was a, a big wild beast person. <laughs> and so also, this story isn't super clear. There are some places that say that he saw like uh, something over the man's shoulder. And that it was like, it looked like a red shirt. And then there are some places that say he did, he did see like a person over the man's shoulder in a red shirt. Either way, Dennis was, went missing in a red shirt. They didn't look into it because he wasn't absolutely sure that he saw a person over this man's shoulder. So that is uh, Dwight McCarter, the, the park service, service ranger. That was like one of his biggest regrets is that they didn't look into that man. Although he does still stand by that he thinks that that Dennis just like ran away or not ran away. He just went, he wandered off and, and died out in the woods. So he doesn't think Dennis was abducted. Dennis's family strongly believes he was abducted. They, they strongly believe that person in the woods got Dennis. So, okay. So a couple years later, there's a guy hunting ginseng uh, like a couple years later and he came across. Why do you have to hunt it? Does it run? No, they just, it's like mushroom hunting. You just fucking go find, you try and go find shit. mushrooms? Fuck off. <laughs> yeah, they have mushroom calls. Gathers. Do you want to hear what it sounds yeah. like? Everyone be quiet here. This yeah, is a mushroom call. It. Ready? Yeah. I don't hear anything. <laughs> so stupid. You got it. You got it. <laughs> it's so I didn't stupid. even hear anything. He was looking for ginseng, yep. and which is illegal. And so uh, he came across some human remains, but he kept it a secret because he was doing something illegal. So it wasn't oh. until 1985 that he went to McCarter and was like, hey, I found some human remains. But by the time they checked where he was, I've heard conflicting accounts that they they found the place, but there were no bones there. And they were like, well, animals would have drug it away by now. And then I've also heard that he wasn't sure where the ginseng, well, like where exactly he was. So there might still be bones out there. But either way, it could never be confirmed that it was Dennis's bones. Can you just say you're going for a walk? Yeah, I guess so. Just, just yeah, exploring. You can just, yeah. Say you yeah, were mushroom hunting. Like... Yeah, exactly. Maybe there's not mushrooms out there. I, I guess like ginseng is like a really big problem. So they would have been like, uh, we know what you were doing. We know what you were doing because it did say in this article, like no, no charges were ever pressed against him, which mm. I was like, oh my God, they were like, that's crazy that he came forward and they were thinking of like pressing charges for ginseng hunting. But you know, <laughs> I mean, I know the number of people that go missing in national parks is like huge. So people are, yeah. Yeah. Like super like, what the fuck? Yeah. And well, and it's all kind of kept secret renewed interest in this. And why I started looking into it is because of a TikTok, which I'm sure plenty of people have seen where this girl is talking about like hearing shrieking in the national parks, which to me, I'm like, that's an animal, but she's talking about like hearing shrieking. And then somebody duetted that and was like, yeah, no, I, I think she like worked in the parks or something. And she was like, it's a huge cannibal, feral cannibals 
in national parks are like a well-known thing, but every like park ranger tries to keep it under wraps because they don't want people to know because uh, then people won't want to go to our national parks. David P. notices a common theme to these disappearances, which a lot of children end up large distances away from where they go missing. So he his like books. So he's written a couple books. First, he started with Bigfoot and then he started looking into all the people that go missing whenever they're camping and hiking. And he has different books for different areas uh, like out east and out west. Um, And those people that go missing, he's got a subreddit. And he's also got a documentary that I think you can find on Prime and Hulu, but I found it on YouTube. And it is it is really good quality. But he's definitely coming from the angle that it is something paranormal, which which I can kind of get into later. But yeah, the things that he's connecting is really bizarre. Like he'll say things like, you know, this lady went missing and her name was Anne. And then this lady went missing and her name was Amy. So an A name with three letters. And he, Whoa. It's, it's really, it's really insane. Cause he'll throw in just enough factual information and amongst a sea of shit. I'm not trying to hate on people that believe in paranormal stuff. Cause I certainly do. Like I, I believe there's more out there than we know about. And, and I think it's fun to believe in stuff like that. But whenever you start, Pushing this on families whose children have went missing, it seems pretty predatory, like you're making money off of them and just like spouting this stuff that like if there was any credibility to it, I could understand, but there's none. I mean, he just he just says things like like the three letter name, like, oh, you know, I started looking all over the world and I. I noticed that there are clusters of similarities and I'm like, you can find clusters of similarities in everything it's like whatever the number 23 is that it that we've Mm -hmm. talked about before where you yeah yeah you can find it's just people like finding coincidences and making them out to be this huge thing when i was researching that aspect of this it really started to travel into like q adjacent territory where they're like making connections where there aren't any and people believe it so much and come like come to its defense so aggressively it has no basis it this conspiracy has no basis other than a lot of people have seen sasquatch said they've seen sasquatch and then a lot of people also have seen the big hairy boys the big hairy boys yeah (laughs) hairy men big hairy Hairy men (laughs) yeah big hairy men is what a lot of people like call them refer to them as <laughs> and so it happens all over like we have the missouri monster and then pacific northwest oh, no. has sasquatch but all day i've been looking into like appalachian lore the big hairy men are very big in in this and very hairy and very yes. hairy in this in this region um yeah a lot of people have stories the stories i were reading were there were a lot from tennessee a lot from north carolina you know, Virginia, West Virginia, Kentucky, uh, they all seem to have stories passed down to them about these big hairy men. I thought Dennis was going to become a feral child. I thought he was too whenever I first looked up feral people because that was like the first thing I saw was his Wikipedia page. And I was like, okay, so he's going to become a feral person. But no, he, he. it was just like the first, it's the biggest case of, Someone saying, hey, I saw a big hairy man with maybe Dennis around his shoulder. He became there are, a Pharrell person. He he became a Pharrell person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we did make the big hat joke last night that all these 
feral people are wearing the Pharrell hats. Um, but anyways, so there are two main theories. Uh, the least fun would be that like our national parks and our, our mountains are extremely dense and you can disappear in there, especially in Appalachia. There's a lot of caves and you can disappear in there and never be found. So one of the theories, yeah, realistic, the more realistic one, more plausible one. That's a good one. Um, is that like, if you're a criminal, either you're released and you're on the run, you're like released from prison and you're on the run, or you're just on the run because you did something bad or, you're just you want to murder some people what better place than you know going out in an area where they can literally never find you like if you decide like if you commit to going out in these areas where there are no roads or anything it's just like undiscovered land nobody's gonna find you my dad is he's a true outdoorsman so whenever i heard about feral people i obviously asked him also Mm -hmm. his dad is appalachian um, he's from a super poor area of West Virginia. So I thought like maybe my dad would know something about this. Like maybe her, he's heard stories. And also my parents are like Appalachian adjacent. I guess they're from near the Appalachian mountains, but they're technically not Appalachian. Appalachian really confuses me. Um, because my mom was like, well, we live, you know, they're, the town that they're from, that all my family is from in Virginia is by the Appalachian mountains, but they're not Appalachian. So, so I figured like one of them would know something about this and they don't, they really let me down. I was really excited. I thought they were going to have some stories and my dad was like, no, but I know that like, it's a big thing for what we know, what we would call homeless people. Like if we see them in the city, the people that we'll call homeless, uh, if they've got some sort of like survivalist mentality, rather than go to the cities, they'd rather live in, um, you know, just Mm -hmm. out on their own. So, so that happens a lot is that homeless people will go into those areas to Mm -hmm. live their life. That the argument that, you know, you never find any Bigfoot bones or something like that. Well, if they can't find people that go missing, how are you going to find Bigfoot bones? That's all I got to say. Yeah, no, I, well, I thought Bigfoot was, was like a, we can get into our, like some more theories on that later and like what we believe because there are a lot of things with Bigfoot that uh this guy is saying this DP guy is saying okay so I've got some good stories there is uh, a great subreddit so yeah the, the subreddit in eyes. the hills um you know it's a little wild uh I'm not gonna say that I believe a lot of the things on there but there were some good things okay so this first person says, can I have I, multiple hold on. family can I, members. Can I preface that hill people is actually one of my like biggest fears? <laughs> so this, okay, this well, is going to freak me the fuck out. This is yeah, it's going to freak me the fuck out. I'm terrified of hill people. So okay, yes, proceed. Um, <laughs> yeah. So the the idea of hill people, I think, really was born from Appalachia is what it sounds like. It seems like people in Appalachia, a lot of them have stories or most of the stories I'm hearing. I think it's just a uh, pretty common folklore in Appalachia. Okay. I'd throw so, the Ozarks in there too, a little bit. Oh yeah. And, and there are like so many different places that have like this folklore. Mm-hmm. It just, this specifically like hairy man, big hairy man is, 
you'll we'll yeah you'll hear these stories and uh, my, my name is my name is Dan Harriman <laughs> and I don't fucking appreciate this shit. Do you go by Big Dan? No, I have to shop at big and tall stores, but come on. <laughs> big Dan Harryman? You know how hard it is to shave your own back? No. Well, it's really hard, okay? Yeah, you got to tape a razor to a back scratcher. It's a whole thing. (laughs) I like to go for walks out in the woods, okay, with my shirt off. Okay, so here's... (laughs) I have multiple family members and other sources that have discussed the very long-term existence of truly feral and cannibalistic people living in those mountains that have been kidnapping and eating people for decades. For those not around here... This is deep in Appalachia, and it is a crazy dense forest, and you could easily hide there. Basically, everyone in Pigeon Forge, where this person is from, knows about this, but doesn't talk about it because tourism is what is worth over a billion dollars a year. So uh, my sister is an avid hiker and has hiked the chimneys, chimneys multiple times. She swears that she heard a gut-wrenching scream for their lives of an alleged group of voices. She got to the top of the mountain and told a park ranger about it. The park ranger admitted to my sister that there are literally feral people that live in the park and kidnap and eat people sometimes. They said people have been going missing there or reported having survived being attacked by naked groups of men for decades. Apparently, the police and government has known about this, and historically, there have been attempts to deal with it. Today, however, it is not talked about at all, really. Probably because nowadays, the park and Pigeon Forge areas... Uh, tourism brings in a lot of money. They apparently now they just hope people mind their business. This park ranger said they have lived around there their whole life, and their grandfather was bountied back in the 1950s to hunt and kill these people. Apparently, the parks were becoming popular, and so people started noticing missing people. Apparently, this, there's so much apparently in this. I get it. I say absolutely all the time. Apparently, they killed some of them and some camps with human remains in a fire. I have tried to find sources for this because it sounds so outrageous, but I have failed. Not surprising, though, this region back then and still today is one of the poorest places in the country and barely had roads or power back then. But they said that their grandfather really felt guilty. It feels guilty now, but back then the community didn't even see those feral people as humans. They, they were seen as inferior. Okay, it's a crazy, horrible story, and I cannot find sources for this, so take it with a grain of salt. And then they they also talk about that same park ranger talking about a girl, like, escaping naked, naked men that, like, tried to chase her down. My sister and father were hiking that same mountain and could hear people following them for a long time, but thankfully they never saw anyone. Also, because of the terrain, this has been a region for criminals to hide from the state. There are so many caves and trees and mountains with no roads anywhere nearby that it's easy for people to run here to hide. So not may- so maybe not everyone has seen cannibals, but there are just some crazy criminals that have been alone out there for a long time and kidnap people and rob people. There are at least two Appalachian or Appalachian Trail mur- serial killers. If you look up Appalachian Mountain serial killer. There are two results: uh, James Jordan, and this is creepy. Okay, James Jordan, and let me look it up. Randall, Randall Lee Smith. So at least two serial killers uh, to okay. add into the mix too. I was gonna say. So there are a lot of serial killers that did this kind of stuff. I think even people like Ted Bundy would go out 
camping and like mm-hmm. go out into the wilderness in Oregon. Is that where he's from? Um, or Washington. And you know, that's where he got his victims. So mm-hmm. not always obviously, but, uh, you know, if you're a serial killer, that's like going to these places. I, I would say there's like a lower possibility of getting caught. Like nobody's going to be around to see it. You can sneak up on people. You can hide when you're right next to them. So, and it sounds like yeah. based on what you're saying, serial killers might be the least of your worries. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I'm let- never going to go camping again. Oh so my that's, gosh. That's wait. That. Yeah. Just wait. So people are trying to argue with this guy and then, uh, in most places, you're fine, but there are without a doubt feral people in those mountains. They don't speak English, and they have kidnapped people before. No one does anything about it, and there aren't ever investigations because the mountain range is massive, densely wooden, and riddled with unmapped caves because of limestone with lots of streams. Anyone can hide out there for decades and not be found, and they go on to talk about like how, how poor this area is. Okay, someone else says, not sure about everywhere, but I'd trust the old people around the area. My grandpa is from the area and confirms feral people and communities exist along the trail. Uh, and compared it to North Sentinel Island tribes, he said that, says that they have their own broken English and will hunt people they think they can overpower. Uh, here's another person with a story. I lived on Ski Mountain Road in Gatlinburg, Tennessee for quite a while, right across the road from a service road entrance to the Smoky Mountain National Park. There are absolutely people that live in the woods of many different origins. A few things the locals know. Don't camp in the woods unless you are homeless. Burn incense or herb packs to keep bears from and what we call the hungry people away. And don't uh, approach a crazy person in the woods. Most of those who end up in the woods are homeless and have gone there to try and get money together to leave or find a place. Many of them leave town as fast as possible. I've heard stories about the hungry ones. One particular scary one about a very creepy and almost inhuman fellow coming into a camp and grabbing and devouring an entire roll of raw hamburger. As he seemed to realize the people in the camp would outstrength and outnumber him. Uh, there were two smallish women doing food prep. And when the guy started to approach, they screamed. How come, like, I surely one of these times, one of the people that the, that the feral people attacked. Mm-hmm like had a gun or something and killed one of the feral people right surely that's happened once i maybe yeah yeah surely that has happened if these stories are in fact true i just don't know appalachian communities are kind of known for being really tight-knit uh they just kind of pass stories down i don't think that they would be going to the news if they had those stories so maybe if it did happen, they would tell their like grandchildren and their grandchildren would move out <laughs> Reddit and tell the stories. But um, yeah, I mean, if they're real, surely someone has shot them, but also they, it could have just been a situation where they shot them and were like, okay, well I was being attacked, shot him. I don't need, to, we don't need to talk about this again. Yeah. Uh, there, if there are people that live that deep out, like in the woods and the mountains and things like we've been out there in the forest and have almost like walked onto a house like it's they're so like hidden and shit so those people probably don't call the cops for shit they probably just, like, oh, yeah. yeah 
if there are, like, especially in the small towns, if there are even cops yeah, there. There's, so there's like three cop cars for like the huge, like huge forest that is surrounding that area. And that's like that us a quote unquote town. So if it's even further into any of these places, I can see it just being like, yeah, had to shoot another one of the fucking people last night. Yeah. God. Never going in the woods again. Yeah, I mean, there there are a lot I'm of ready. stories of yeah. of this. It just, yeah, it is really creepy, but it does seem to be a bit of folklore where it keeps getting passed down. I mean, the guy from Tennessee did say that he's explored caves in Gatlinburg, and you know, you you find the usual like beer can stuff, but you'll also find crude tools, weird animal hides, and even a bone necklace one time. Okay, here's another person that says, I've grown up hearing stories about people way up in the mountains, past the small towns, and then the even smaller towns. So, yeah, if you think about these areas that are the poorest areas in the country, to me, it's to me, it's not improbable. I mean, like, let's say you're from, you were from a poor, a, a really poor place up in the mountains, and roads didn't end up getting developed by you. Like, you didn't, they didn't put any roads near you. And so you were just kind of like left to fend for yourself and and be with your family. And then your family and all the people in your small town, you know, started reproducing and just became your own little private area. If it dates that far back without seeing any other civilization, like any other humans, you're just up there in the mountains on your own in your like own little small town. I assume it does become really different than what we're used to and and definitely different from like uh not to say they're uncivilized but like a a are like it it's going to look a lot different than our society you know they probably haven't had like the progress that we've had um yeah it's like uh it's not unsimilar to Amish or something like that yeah. they just have their own way well of and i things. think even even more so because amish people do live where there are roads mm-hmm. and they can they can get to people but i think like there are a lot of maybe not a lot and like people can correct me if uh anyone's listening and knows more about appalachia than i do because it's very hard to research it's just, there's just so much to it mm-hmm. um you can go off on tangents like so much which is what i did all day today yeah, there are towns that, like, I don't think they ever got electricity and they just kind of got forgotten about. And if there's no roads, like, they're just people chilling. They're just, like, towns chilling that, that we don't have any contact with. Yeah, there are, um, there are full-ass cities currently that we know about that don't have functioning water. So, I mean, there's definitely shit that can... Yeah, exactly. So, when you think about like what kind of things they had to do to survive, it doesn't become out of the ordinary that they would go into towns and, you know, look different than us, especially if there's inbreeding going on. You know, I know that that's like a really shitty classist trope about these areas, but, you know, if you're in a if you're in a place with no one around but like your family there might be some inbreeding happening and so you know who knows what's happening but to me it is probable that that there are some uh different lifestyles that would like scare us and creep us out in these small towns you guys think there's a feral rumspringa oh my god <laughs> you, you go to, from like, being totally they come down and they're like covered in hair and people are just like, fuck, they're here again for feral rumspringa. 
Honestly, Shannon, I'm kind of on board with you now about being terrified of this because this is actually like really freaking creepy. No, yeah. I mean, though technically where this cabin is that I go to is in the poorest county in Missouri. So it's definitely you get through your small towns and then your even smaller towns and then past your old abandoned mines and like Mm. things like that. And then... I mean, it's now available on GPS and there's like campgrounds and things around and it's at like the Ozark Trail. So this place isn't that creepy, but I can imagine just based on some of the places I have driven by and seen like through the trees, you can just barely see a tiny little like van that is now a home, basically that kind of stuff that's just in the surrounding areas. So if and they do what they have to do to survive. Exactly. And it you know, they don't have the same laws that we do. Yeah. Um, so if you're even further so, yeah. off the grid, it's just... it's. Is it like the Wild West out there? Uh, I'm sure a lot of places are. Also, I want to point out that I know uh, a lot of this does come back to classism Mm -hmm. and like being scared of people that are very very poor and demonizing very very poor people i know that like in st louis we really demonize east st louis as like don't go there you're gonna get shot as soon as you set foot in there and then like when you start getting to know the area like the reason that we even go to st east st louis is because of the animal rescue that we do a lot of work with or or that we see a lot we have to go out there a lot shout out to gateway pet guardians they're amazing and they bring up classism in the animal rescue world which is like something that needs to be addressed because it's really really prevalent in animal rescue so they they specifically work in east st louis And their biggest takeaway and what they like teach everyone who goes out there to volunteer is this is a really tight knit community and they like really have each other's backs because they have to because they're forgotten about and they're demonized because they're forgotten about. They aren't given like any fucking resources that we would take for granted. So I feel like everywhere, even one time when I was in class, I there was this kid from the super podunk town in Missouri and he was talking about this really like to hit what to him would be a podunk town. And he called it something. I think it's called like monkey Ridge. And it's, I think like white, what we would call white trash. Um, Like a lot of, it's mostly trailers. And I think a lot, it's like, there's a lot of meth use out there. And he was talking about like all the fucked up shit that happens out there and like how scary it is. So how much of this is like classism and seeing shit like deliverance and being like all these fucking inbred hilly hillbillies hillies inbred inbred hillbillies are like so scary and like do all this fucked up shit like how much of it is that and how much of it is like oh well these people weren't ever around like our society so it's going to look wildly different than our society their norms are not the same as us and their way of life isn't the same as us. And what they're doing, we would see as like criminal and violent. It's a normal way of life to them. You know, it's, I go back and forth in my head of like, is this uh, a thing that's real or is it because we're told for so long and it's in our media that like certain areas that are really, really poor just have to be like animals. Like they don't act like normal people. Yeah. So Zach, to answer your question, it's, it's less wild West and more like wiki wild West. <laughs> well, I'm more, I'm more meant like in the areas where like the national forest, like aren't laws different in national forests. And that's think- why like 
yeah, I think people like do weird said, shit in them. It said that they they function as their own sovereign state, so I don't mm -hmm. think government can get in there. Like, I don't oh, think okay. even if they want to, they, they don't have that, like, is it jurisdiction? Yeah, I think, like, really anything goes or anything is up to the people that make the rules in those national parks. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, there's so, definitely just the expectation in any of those areas that you are not going to be anywhere yeah. near, like, a store anytime soon. You're you're yep. going to be on your own for a while. If And like, if you're just relying on your phone, you're not relying on anything. Yeah, <laughs> You yeah. don't have something to rely on. If the weather yeah. changes, you might be stuck there for a long time. Yep. And also, I See, feel like I should clarify, too, that... The actual thing I'm scared of in these situations is that most of these people have multiple Confederate flags, and I'm afraid yes. of being killed for not looking oh, straight yeah. enough. When so, we, we go camping out I mean, at Eminence, Missouri, and it is it is eerie when you go out there because there are so many Confederate flags. I remember we went camping out there a couple years ago, and we pulled up to the campsite, and like uh, it's it's a really secluded area you have to travel on a really rocky road mm -hmm. for a while to get back in this place um and so usually there's not anyone there but this was like it, it was like a busy it was like i don't know labor day week memorial day weekend and so we were still like it's probably not going to be busy and it wasn't busy for memorial day weekend but there were still people there and we pulled up and we had brie with us and so brie is black and iranian there's a camper that like across the camper is a fucking huge Confederate flag. And like, I'm fucking scared when I see that. And so I can't imagine how Brie feels. They like, you know, threw up a hand like, what's up to, to you know, cause probably cause they're fucking terrified. Like we're camping next to these people who are wildly fucking racist. Mm -hmm. So, and, and very proud of it. Um, I mean, who, even if you do like something, like I don't bring a fucking communist flag for my fucking tent when I go camping. I did it's, see Cullen put up a Star Trek flag once, though. He did. He does do that, and so. that's not wrong. Okay, that's not. <laughs> they're not. That's not a hateful society. Sure, um, that's to keep Klingons away. But, but no, I know exactly what you mean. Like, and I'm not denying that. Like these areas have a problem with racism and you know, all kinds of isms yeah. and they are scary. And, and like, it does scare me thinking about people never been around today's society out there living in the woods. Could did you fart? Bud? I did not. Okay. Cullen got a little scared. God damn it, Cullen. <laughs> Let out getting too. fucking scary. Okay. <laughs> okay. A scared. So I do, uh, like to, to tie up these stories about feral people, there is there is someone in here that, like, I don't want to say the voice of reason, but they are the voice of reason. His name is uh, Tiny PP Champ. <laughs> There's a couple Tiny PP people, and I'm like, are they the what? same person? They're okay, so we got big hairy men <laughs> and tiny okay, pee -pee people. Uh, another another <laughs> one is small wiener man, and I'll I'll read an excerpt <laughs> oh. later, but. These okay. are all my screen name. That's okay, just, so that's just Tiny, tiny Meat Gang. Meat. That's just Cody Co. What the fuck, Colin? That's true. <laughs> um, okay, so he says, or she, or they, uh, it's mostly false and not something people should be worrying about. I would label this as a, mo a more modern type of folklore. It seems to have been originally taken from the context below, which I'll get to in a minute, and mixed with stereotypes that are portrayed in the likes of film, TV, like Wrong Turn and Deliverance is a big one. Don't even fucking get me started on Deliverance because 
it's so it's so classist that like all of these like Hollywood elite got famous off of like demonizing rednecks. And I say redneck lo lovingly. I mean that as a term of endearment. I like rednecks. Think they're great. And a lot of people are are proud rednecks. And yeah, uh, I think I don't think that that's like a terrible term for people who consider themselves country. But, uh, yeah, D I'm a little bit country. She's a little I'm bit rough. <laughs> okay, so where the uh, cannibalism comes in, because I was kind of confused on that too. There's a book, Death and Dying in Central Appalachia, Changing Attitudes and Practices by James Chrisman. It was written in the 90s. And he talks about in a certain part of Appalachia in, I think, uh, Kentucky, in Kentucky, up until like the 1930s, what they did, and there are news articles like detailing it, and I think like this is what scared people. The news articles weren't shaming them. It would just like state. They would consume, after a family member died, they would eat them as like a comfort, um, which sounds fucking insane. But if you think about it, we keep people's ashes with us as a comfort. Catholics so, are supposed nice to think that they're literally and, eating Jesus when they have communion. So yeah, absolutely. Exactly. So, you know, it does sound really creepy, but it is like, you know, they they eat them. They ate them as a comfort. And then I think it kind of stopped. Uh, it says around the 1930s. But I, I'm sure that that's where this came from, that like these crazy hillbillies are out there eating people when really it was just like a ritual that they did. That's not unlike rituals like crazy rituals that we do and don't think about. Yeah. Everybody has their like crazy big hairy man stories. And it's just a lot more prevalent out in those areas and in Pacific Northwest. It just seems to me. So in Pacific Northwest, I remember hearing a, a guy talking about it one time and I'm sure I've said it on this podcast where he was like, you know, everybody just believes in Bigfoot. It's not something you question. You just know he's real. Everyone has a Bigfoot story. You just don't, you know, you don't talk about it because you know it's real. It's just a thing that everyone believes. And uh, it seems like that's how the big, big hairy man story is in a lot of places. I believe in Bigfoot. So okay. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Which not hating on Bigfoot believers. I don't, I don't think that it's that Bigfoot is like crazy. You know, I don't think it's crazy to believe in Bigfoot. I think there are a lot of things out there that we don't understand I think maybe Bigfoot sometimes uh, bears get confused for Bigfoot. But Zach, do you think Bigfoot, what Zach, what do you think is the relation between Bigfoot and feral people? What is the relation? Yeah. Like, if there, like if there is one, or do you think they're just totally different? I think Bigfoot like evolved into feral people. Well, he asked I me. I think feral so people. That's funny that <laughs> told his answer. I so, think feral people devolved into Bigfoot. That's what I was. That's what I was thinking. That, that's yes. Because how would feral people evolve? I think Bigfoot came out of a portal, and feral people, you know, just they're also there, uh, and they actually they have relations with each other, not like sexual relations, but I mean, like they trade and things I mean, with could. each other. I could. Like the I, things I, that they find in caves, I think the bone necklaces, the, the hides, maybe that's a trade, maybe a trade of some sort. Like, Hey, leave it in cave 28 B and I'll be there tomorrow at 1300 hours. Yeah. yeah. How do they communicate? Uh, you know, they say Bigfoot do, do tree knocks, uh, 
various howls. <laughs> they okay. they supposedly pick up limbs and they smack the trunks of trees, so it makes ah, really loud slapping language. sounds. Okay, no, I could, I could. Uh, what if the feral people that? are are like worshippers of Bigfoot and they're out there oh. like in service of Master Bigfoot? That's, that's very like because you know there could be very few Bigfoot. That's why you don't see very many. So they're like these overlords. Are you saying of of the feral people? Yeah, maybe so. Maybe so. Um, also, why aren't the feral people just hunting? Why wouldn't they, if they have the capability yeah. of killing man, the most dangerous game? Why wouldn't they just, you know, hunt? <laughs> because there are, man time, meat there are times and where you rabbit. There are times where like food is low, and there are times where you can't hunt. So whenever they get desperate, I think if they are coming down and stealing food, the reason that they're not doing it often is because they know how to live on their own except whenever they're like fuck i'm up shit creek i didn't hunt you know maybe there's more of them than we think and they're like it's this market's oversaturated like i everybody's hunting and i don't have anything so i gotta go eat some raw hamburger meat um so do you think it's primarily food based so like if you have yes. food should you have food on you at all times that way if you run into a group of feral people you can be like hey look i got this uh 12 inch sub not a fucking bad idea. You. Honestly, not a bad idea. I would say, why not? You know, why not do that? Can't hurt. Um, it can't exactly. It can't hurt uh, <laughs> unless they're repulsed by it, and then that's like an offense or something. This isn't human meat. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was thinly spliced oh, oh. human meat. If it's the <laughs> Subway tuna, it could be. <laughs> <laughs> Shannon. Um. <laughs> also, uh, something else about where the cannibalism could have come from is there's something called Sawny Bean, and uh, what? Right, and, and so like folk folklorists think that it was started by English people to like shit on Scotsmen and like make people afraid of Scotsmen, but uh. Apparently, in Scotland, there was a family of cannibals that lived in a cave. They called them the Sawney Bean, I don't know, <laughs> family. And they would go kidnap people. It's a, it sounds very similar to the feral cannibals here in our beautiful national parks. That they would go kidnap people. And then Scots people, people from Scotland, were a, a huge group that settled in Appalachia. They were kind of like forced to go there and then they were like, or they were, you know, they were forced to migrate. And then uh, they were like, hey, this reminds us of our homeland. So, so that is true that a lot of Scots people, uh, Scottish people settled in Appalachia. And so maybe that came with them, that folklore came with them. Maybe English people that came over to the U.S. were like, the fucking Scotsmen are in those mountains being cannibals because they heard of, you know, Sawney Bean. They're eating and beans. They're <gasps> out there eating beans. They're beaning out they're, there. They're beaning. They're beaning, <laughs> baby. Okay, so I do want to touch on some other theories, which will go back to, to David, David P. David P. Um, believes that it is Bigfoot, like I said earlier. He talks a lot about portals <laughs> like zach just mentioned he thinks i don't know if he thinks this but i know a lot of his followers because i ended up on fucking missing 411 subreddit today think that there are interdimensional portals and that's why we can't find bigfoot and this is where like mothman comes from everyone comes from i'm sure we've talked about this before on this podcast because it is prevalent among conspiracy theorists 
they uh they all go to this portal and they all live in the same dimension and uh they get there through portals <laughs> and apparently you can hear like a like a steel trap door like a lot of people will say they hear a steel trap door uh like this I think it's louder than a that. Tiny, probably tiny little trapdoor. Hey, did you get some steel over there? Nice. Oh my god. Yeah. Beer, beer can opener, beer bottle Hell opener. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Look at that. Look at that. Where's the shirt I got you? Yeah. It's in the closet. I haven't hung it up yet. Oh, damn it. Boy. Um, okay. Yeah, there are a lot of people that say that Bigfoot is an interdimensional being, and so, like, people will say, oh, I saw Bigfoot, and then people around them will say they didn't see Bigfoot, so their reasoning is that only they saw Bigfoot because they only were they in took the mushrooms right that dimension with them. Okay. As far as, like, why we haven't found Bigfoot bones, these... Uh, there are so many places in the U.S. that are so vast and undiscovered... Yeah, I don't think that it's crazy we haven't found Bigfoot bones. Mm-hmm. There is a Bigfoot. I mean, you're right. We haven't found a lot of like missing people bones. Like they get stumbled upon every now and then, but that's because they're in these areas. Like they're in areas that we are used to going in. Yeah, I mean, some other things have been like aliens, <laughs> or they get sucked into wormholes. Um, there's a lot of theories. A lot of so so David P says. <laughs> DP says that, like, you know, there is a common theme in these disappearances that a lot of children end up distances that they just can't walk. And so people take that and say, like, okay, they must have been abducted by aliens. Whenever you read, like, go to a website talking about his book or something, there are so many um, comments with, like, random words capitalized like all all in if you know my typing you know i do that but it's mostly for a joke but these like anytime you see people being like the truth in all caps like no no son i don't believe you you sound fucking insane stop it well be a normal person in the comments okay to to talk about the kids going distances there are a group of people that also think Bigfoot loves to like punt things like footballs. Like, <laughs> so the it's kids may real. actually be launched off of Bigfoot's yeah. foot. Big and foot. you know how big it is, off right? And how strong. <laughs> well, <No>. maybe. <laughs> but well, we yeah, I think maybe Bigfoot kicks them those distances. Yeah. We yeah. saw in the movie what how big his dick is. And he has a strong <laughs> in that documentary. <laughs> that National yeah. Geographic. What we yeah. need to be doing is just, you got to remove your kids' feet. <laughs> what? You got to remove your kids' feet so they don't wander off. You, oh. You're so right about that. You're so yeah. right about that. Name your child. Um, so, so something that I want to point out is that, like, uh, animals live in forests, so, like, they can drag, wait, as, wait, wait, as wait. awful as this what? sounds, they can drag kids. Um Animals, so it's not <laughs> like throw insults at them in forest. Don't <laughs> drag him, sis. Yeah, <laughs> like got him. Um, Damn, that fucking deer hurt my feelings, man. Dragged him through the forest. <laughs> Your shoes suck ass, dude. Oh. And that kid's like, I'm too young for this. Like, I'm too young to get roasted this hard. And they just fucking give up. Um, no, I just, it's not, it's not improbable for 
kids to travel distances if there's animals out there dragging them because that's what animals do with their prey. So that's to me, I'm just like, all right, you guys, you think you got like a big gotcha? Like, well, how did these kids get another place and they don't have shoes on? It's like if they're being dragged, their shoes are probably going to come off and other pieces of clothing are probably going to come or, off. Well, so, some of them have been Bigfoot found. Some of them have been found alive, though, right? Like I've heard stories of kids that go missing yes. in one spot and then they're found miles away unharmed yes. and alive. Yes. Yes. I think we don't give uh, children as much, <laughs> as much credit as they deserve for being athletic. Um, it, and having, having just, energy. Like, yeah, having energy for days. Right. Yeah. I think that's... And then the adrenaline on top of it probably just is like crazy. Yes. Well, and they, you know, they're scared, so they're like probably little baby instinct is to just keep walking right um uh, so when you watch that 411 documentary i've only gotten truly like 20 minutes in but i just feel sad that these people are really desperate and like going through the worst time of their lives because like if your kid dies that's the worst thing that can happen to you but like if you know that they're dead at least you have closure but when they disappear i like, I don't know if I could go on. Um, I mean, even just our dog disappearing, I was like, this is the worst fucking feeling. Like, we don't know what happened to her. It's awful. You can't even grieve because, or grieving is just so different. You can't fully grieve because, like, you don't know where they are. And, like, imagining them being in pain is really, really awful. So I think he, David, I feel bad I don't feel bad for him, but like, I understand why he believes this stuff, but I do think it, like I said, I think it's predatory to like lead these families on, you know, put them in your movie and, and like try and convince them that it was Bigfoot whenever they're going through the, the roughest part of their life. And if there was any credibility to the Bigfoot thing, yeah, maybe, but like they, they have no, they're finding connections, uh, where they're, where there are none. So the parents don't, the parents don't believe that though. Right. I like think they do. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so I know there's one story of, um, oh, I think his name's Jacob gray and he was going through a rough time. I think he came from like a, a pretty religious family in California. He moved out to Washington and was just like, his sister said, like, having a rough time adulting. They found his bike. He was just going to, like, do, like, a big bike ride. I don't know. I think he was going, like, cross-country or something. But they found his bike outside of a forest and or, like, a forested area. I think it was mountainous. It had, like, stakes by it in the ground, which is which is weird. Nobody really knows why that happened. But his dad went out there and since it happened i think in a national park it he basically like had to struggle to get people to help him so his dad like ended up quitting his job and like living in a trailer or like an rv and like searched would spend like 14 hour days searching for his son and like going in the water and like searching caves in the water to find his son and like at the beginning of the search he told people he told the people helping him people that were were running the search the people in charge of the search he told them like i just have this gut feeling he went up like i don't think he would go 
down, you know, if he was in trouble, I think he would go up and I'm not sure why I feel that way. I just do. Well, they turned down the Coast Guard came in like somebody was related to someone in the Coast Guard and the Coast Guard was like, yeah, we'll lend out like a, a helicopter. I know the Coast Guard does water, right? I don't know that. Um, yeah, but they, they they definitely have helicopters. I'm sure they have. Yeah, they got they got they got choppers, you know, they got gyrocopters. Yeah, they, yeah. they do dives from helicopters into the ocean all the time. OK, um, OK, that sounds right. <laughs> that sounds like, you know, that sounds like, you know, um, I mean, <laughs> based on the movie The Guardian starring Ashton Kutcher <laughs> and Kevin Costner. Uh, so they yeah, they like the Coast Guard offered to fucking get in a helicopter and fly around and they turn them down like the the park rangers or whatever fucking turn them down so randy is out there like searching he's searching for 18 months and he actually makes friends with david p and like the group that david started of like the north american bigfoot research or something and they did to be fair like i don't want to completely shit on these people because i know they truly believe that like Bigfoot has a lot to do with these disappearances. Like, I I know that they believe that in their heads. They're not trying to be predatory. And, like, they did give him a place to stay and were really good to him. But just knowing that they were kind of in his this dad's ear being like, hey, I think it was probably Bigfoot. You know, I know that they've probably got their own problems that they're dealing with. Uh, so I don't want to be too hard on them. But I, I just feel so bad for people like this dad who, like, Obviously, it just fucking ruined his life enough that he wanted to quit his job and spend his whole life searching and like getting the shit beat out of him in the water by rocks, searching for his son. 18 months later, some biologists, I think, were up in the mountains uh, and they found Jacob Gray. They found his body. And so if when they started that search, the park ranger or whoever was in charge of that would have let the coast guard come in and like look for jacob they might have found him alive because they would have been searching that mountain and would have seen him and like the way that his like the places that they found his clothes you would have seen that from a helicopter yeah the dad was fucking right his gut instinct was right like he didn't know why but he was like my son would have gone up like i know that sounds crazy but he wouldn't have gone down he would have traveled up into the mountains and he fucking this kid did and they they found his body 18 months later so yeah it is it is shitty how much they don't fucking care in national parks and shit they're just like what the fuck ever and like turn down people actively wanting to help them um yeah because what they don't want it to look bad if a helicopter is at their park because everyone assumes that there's someone missing then exactly yeah yeah Yeah, i think that's the biggest thing is like they yeah part of it is pride and uh, and expense but yeah i'm sure that's a a huge part of it is like they're gonna miss out on a bunch of money because people are gonna start getting scared of going in national parks which is shitty because the alternative is like, you know, a conspiracy podcast is going to be talking about feral people in these parks and you don't get to come in after and be like, no, that's not what's happening. Like you could have nipped this in the bud before, but instead we're all talking about like feral fucking cannibals now and like Bigfoot coming out and snatching up your kids. (laughs) Yeah. Bigfoot snatch. Bigfoot snatch, you know, (laughs) hide your kids. Hide your kids. Hide your Bigfoot snatch. <laughs> um, yeah, so so there are a lot of people that think that uh, it's it's Bigfoot. 
Yeah, and there true, is a, there is a lot of overlap between Bigfoot and these big hairy men. There's big hairy <laughs> men is a category that uh, I I think it's been coined. I think that like uh, people refer to them as big like big hairy men, but it seems like everyone has their own version of the of the big hairy men. Um, How upset and sometimes is the gay people. community with them stealing their terms? Yeah, <laughs> good call. Uh, so small wiener man. Um, <laughs> Colin? He says he, you know, he summed it up <laughs> Did well. Everybody just said Colin. Yeah. Man, <laughs> Colin. Um, That's me, baby. Says, I honestly believe the truth is simple and sad. That it's just the harsh reality of nature. Occam's razor, you know, and it really only takes one skewed fact somewhere to make something normal appear impossible without something supernatural. Still, after finding a really long rambling post leading one to the conclusion it was essentially fairies of all things, I was like, huh, that's pretty interesting. The writer talked about how psychedelics blur the line and you essentially partially enter the fairy realm and that pisses them off. Having some pretty powerful psychedelic experiences, it was an interesting idea. I don't really believe anything out of the ordinary is happening, but it's fun to read about theories here. So yeah, small wiener man, shout out to you because... Uh, I, as much as I believe there are like people living primitively in, you know, whether they've been doing it for years or whether they just wanted to escape or whether they're fucking terrible, awful criminals trying to prey on people. I, you know, I think a lot of times whenever you find children that are missing, it's not this like huge conspiracy it really is just like the awful truth of like a kid can't hack it on their own because they're children. And like, if you're out in the wilderness where it's like very vast, you need to watch your fucking kid because they can travel faster than you give them credit for. Take so, off feet. what? Take or their feet off. take off their feet, I guess. Um, take off your feet. There was also a story that I didn't say that I found on Reddit about a girl who uh, who escaped that who escaped the naked men and like hid out uh, in a cave, and uh, it was it was a story that was passed down to her. The girl wasn't typing this; she was just saying like, "Oh, this happened to a friend of a friend," which we've all heard stories like that. Are they ever true? No, they're not. But maybe this did happen. Maybe she was chased by naked men. There is a common theme that like people hiking especially the Appalachian trail hear voices all around them and never see people. And so this girl's story was the same where she was like hiking on her own and was supposed to meet up with a friend. Uh, and she was like a, a very good hiker. She knew what she was doing. She always hiked, you know, did huge hikes on her own. And she was, she was hearing voices and like, you know, just slept through the night and was like, whatever, it's probably other hikers, you know, I'll just ignore it. But she kept hearing voices and then it scared her so much that she decided to hike through the night one time and she, the voices got closer and closer until she turned around and saw like hairy, big hairy men. Um, and they started chasing her, but she ended up getting away and like hiding out in an area until like search and rescue found her. But again, no one has confirmed that. So, you know, there's plenty, anyone can get on Reddit and make up a story like this, but there are, it is a common theme of people hearing like disembodied voices whenever they're hiking these places, which, you know, it could be people just living out there. It might not be the feral cannibals that we're all thinking of. It could just be people that like live out there, you know? 
So, yeah. So, it's, hiking can be really scary. And, like, going on big hikes out in the vast wilderness can be really scary. But I messaged my dad today, and I was like, other than, like, bringing a gun with you and uh, bringing a... a per- what's, what's the fucking thing called? A can of Pringles. No, a, a potato. P- a PLB. <laughs> a pr- potato. MRE. MRA, bringing a men's rights activist. No, MRE. <laughs> a meal ready to eat. So, yeah, no, my men's dad did say that. And, uh, yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks. My dad. I smart. Okay, personal locator beacon. Yeah, so there are personal locator beacons. There are also uh, satellites, but I think with personal locator beacons, they have better signal like a lot better signal, but you can only send out like an SOS. Whereas like the satellites, messenger satellites, they don't have as strong as a, of a signal, but they still have a signal and you can like cancel an SOS, which I don't know if I'd want to cancel a fucking SOS because that could be a feral person, you know, maybe they're technologically advanced. And, and yeah, maybe they were out on rump springer and they, <laughs> they how learn how to use it. Um, yeah. So feral springer, um, so, so yeah, uh, but you can also send just like random messages whenever you have the messenger satellite. So, so. you could get both if you're a rich person. <laughs> They're very, very expensive. But, you know, if you are going to be hiking or going anywhere out in the wilderness, you should have one. Like you're, if somebody's like trying to, if somebody's on your trail, you're not going to be like, damn, I wasted $300. You're going to be glad you have that thing. So, so I was like, you know, other than that, what should you bring? So. Here are Birdie's list of essentials whenever Peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And Mark, I do have to say I love every time that you sneeze, you do it right into your microphone. It's brilliant. Really <laughs> so thanks for I doing turned that. away, Zach. Oh that was God. his butthole farting, okay? Yeah, you piece of shit. Okay. So my dad says satellite phone. Sterapin to kill bacteria in the water. A knife, small and large. Only need a gun if you're worried about an attack. Zombies, AR. Wait, how can, how can you oh, bring zombies. a knife that's small and large? You bring wait a, a minute. small zombie? knife and you bring one fucking large knife. <laughs> so it equals oh, okay. two knives. God. But why did you say a zombie? What's that? If you are planning on getting attacked by a zombie or you're worried about it. So he knows there's zombies out there. Maybe so. He, I, something this was unprompted. He just said this. Zombie AR-223 with 30 round mags, bears and such, a 44 mag or better. And then so he zombie. Says, I mean, he knows they're out there. You say he's out there all the time. He's prepared for it. I got him uh, eating through a zombie apocalypse a couple years ago. So I think he's pretty prepa- prepared for a zombie apocalypse. Compass and topography map of location, uh, water bottle, knowledge of what is okay to eat in an area, some dehydrated food packs, or military MREs, and then a small survival emergency first aid kit. So those are some things that can help you out whenever you're out there roughing it on your own or with people, you know? If you have that personal locator beacon, what's it fucking called? I think that's it. Um, PLB. PLB. If you have a PLB... It land like a, a protection, like a, especially a gun. Like a that, oh, 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Always yeah. use a condom when you're going to be around bears. Yeah, <laughs> so true. Yeah, or like a gentle dam or something. Yeah, yeah. then you're, you're good I to you go. you said gentle dam at first. <laughs> gentle dam. <laughs> I would think that a dental dam is pretty gentle. That's true. Yeah. That should be a company name. <laughs> there's, there's actually, I'm not joking. There's a, a place right by me called Gentle Dental. Oh, okay. Gentle dam, baby. Yeah. Without yeah. the dam, though. Oh. Well, yeah, they might sell them there. They get their business shut down. <laughs> um. Especially during shout COVID. out to Gentle Dental, by the way. Hell yeah, sponsored. I they like sponsored. it. You have a dental dam when you go out because if a bear attacks you, you just go down on it. <laughs> oh my God, God. Damn it, Colin. <laughs> that's the that's the Colin. the best defense mechanism. I hate, I hate that so much. Oh, can you imagine going down on Sassy? <laughs> Ew. Yeah, it wouldn't be good. It would not be good. But with the dental dam, maybe not as bad. Maybe, maybe not as bad, <laughs> and that's why you have to be prepared. You're so right. I would exactly. Just, or I would just condom. use the large knife on myself instead. Oh my god! Uh, so yeah, that's my presentation on on the the barrel candles. Thank you so much. Our, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Um, also, I do want to plug one thing, and that is your butt. Uh, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Plug it up, plug it up baby. Um, no, that is. Uh, so somebody, if you want to know anything about Appalachia, my favorite person on TikTok is Danielle Kirk. Amazing. Incredible. She's an awesome leftist and she is like really out there educating people on uh, specifically on just classism against Appalachian people. She's really cool. She's got a fucking awesome accent. She's just dreamy. So yeah, follow her if you want to know more about Appalachia because I have learned a lot. This is a more serious episode. I realize that. You know, you didn't have me there giving my usual jokes, you know? Giving <laughs> out my usual chuckles. We have so. singers. I know. I get too nervous to like be funny. So uh so yeah. Um we wanna plug that we were on Turn Leftist, and last time we put out an episode. Uh, we, we had just like, we hadn't even started, um, recording any of our Q episodes, but we have a three part Q series on turn leftist and it was very fun to do. And they are very nice people. And I'm also in that discord, which is something if it, uh, is a leftist or interested in, in the leftist ideology, uh, it's a very nice discord and actually like two days ago whenever we put out our last episode somebody in there was like hey new caitlin's conspiracy corner out today and i was like that's really nice of you to say. i know i was so excited to see it they're like a very nice group of people i'm like scared to talk in there when i do they're all very nice so um so yeah, those are two things that you can do if you want to hear us more. Oh, uh, also we started a new podcast called Steely Fans where we talk about uh, Steely Dan. Nice. Yeah. And That'll then be out in one year. Yes. <laughs> 
And then my podcast, Now Showdown, is currently okay. out. We have three episodes out right now, probably four or five by the time you hear this. So I haven't listened to the third one, but I got a bone to pick about the fucking All, all Saints. Yep. All Saints, Never Never Ever, never, ever. Uh, is one of my favorite songs of all time. You know, I think it's a straight up bop and they just they just hated it. And I was like, how could you? You are not only the second person, but the second Caitlin to say that that what? song is a bop. Apparently Sid works with another Caitlin who said that that song oh. is also a bop. It's great because the intro is so fucking stupid. But once it starts in, it like it hits. It's it's a great song. You I guys love are, it. Everyone's going to have to come on pretty soon to do some yes. guest spots. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. Yeah. So now showdown. Colin, do you want to talk, of, do you want to talk about our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> do you want to talk, yeah. Do you want to talk What's about your podcast? Our- well. Well. Go ahead, Colin. Oh, oh okay. I am. <laughs> yeah. I haven't heard your voice a lot. Come on. So Zach and I um, are also starting a new podcast because why not? Let's have all the podcasts we can. Uh, and it's called Dumbtopia, uh, where we talk about things that are extremely dumb and we send them to uh, an island uh, where they can they can finally be happy. So that's I don't get it. Us. <laughs> Cullen is really good at explaining things. Cullen bought a whole island. Cullen now bought you know an how I feel. They're a tough crowd, and now you know how I feel when I was getting my fucking. I know Mark's kind of a doucher. So. He is a doucher. Zach, yeah. Mark, you, I, what about my after your, my moving, podcast, Zach? After moving to New York, what you about it? Quite a doucher, Mark. What's Fuck going you. on? New, New York douche over here, <laughs> Zach. You and I talk. Mark's becoming one of those people that's like, oh, I literally can get anything in a bodega. Where else can you get that? <laughs> the water just <laughs> Where makes else the pizza- can you get chips and soda? <laughs> the pizza tastes How are so those much paninis, better here because bro? of the water. You guys don't know the difference between upstate New York and New York City. Oh, we don't know the difference <laughs> between We're from Missouri. Oh, we don't know anything. Oh, We're so stupid. Oh, the geography. What are we hill people to you? <laughs> oh, oh, taxi, taxi, oh, taxi, please, taxi. Wave my finger. Broadway. I'm leaving. New York. Hey, pizza. I'm going to watch cats. Let's go yeah. to a Broadway show. I'm going to slice some pizza. It's really big. Let's go, go get some M and M's in Times Square. <laughs> Yes, spot on. Spot Let's on. go do it. Thank you, guys. <laughs> He's back. Hey, 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 what's the score of the Yankees game? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, fuck you. <laughs> you Want to play chess in a park? <laughs>